Happy Draft Week, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. Well, on this week's episode, I'm taking you behind the scenes and into the office of one individual who helps various departments at Pacer Sports and Entertainment do their jobs. It's Tamara Brenner, the travel specialist, and her primary role is to manage the travel of the Pacers scouting department, but she's also in charge of the Indiana Fever's travel and any individuals the Pacers bring in, whether it be for pre-draft or free agent camp. It's her job to not only help others do their jobs more efficiently, but also hopefully save some money along the way. Over the last month and a half or so, the Pacers have brought in more than 40 players to be evaluated in their pre-draft workouts. The Pacers officially had seven pre-draft workouts consisting of six players each. She helps book the travel, get them a hotel, and get them to where they need to be. You can subscribe to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Spotify. However you prefer to listen to podcasts, we have you covered. Without further ado, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Tamba Brenner, Pacers Sports and Entertainment's travel specialist. All right, now joined in the office of Tamba Brenner is so much to talk about with her, and she's one of those individuals that you probably don't know much about, but she's one of those that makes things just go behind the scenes. She's officially the travel specialist here at Pacers Sports and Entertainment with a primary focus on managing the, the travel of the scouts, but there's so much more to that, particularly in our current time want to hit on your your work with the pre-draft attendees and how there, I think at this point there's been well over 40 that you've been responsible to not only get here but probably put up into hotels and make sure they have transportation from the airport and in back in section. So Tamara, I'm glad you uh, are willing to be on here. Thanks. So let's get into that a little bit. Let's go back to your background first of all and travel. How long has this kind of been your specialty? Uh, forever really. It seems uh, I've been in the travel industry for a long time. I actually started out uh, working for a hotel at one point in time when I was in high school. Then I went to Brit Airways, which was a small commuter airlines, and I did reservations for them. And then I went into the travel agency business, and I started out with group travel. Did that for several years. And then for 24 years, I was a leisure agent. Okay. So I primarily did vacations and that kind of thing. So when the opportunity came to work at the Pacers, that's a whole nother ball game. Ha ha, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but to... to uh, work more on the corporate business type side. So I've really embraced the role and really enjoyed it. And with the Pacers, still doing the same kind of thing, just for a totally different objective. Exactly. I've kind of lost my leisure leisure touch because it's, it's all about the, yeah. the business and, business, and getting, getting everybody car. here and trying to make all the people that travel, their their travel experience as seamless as possible so they can perform the tasks that they need to do, whether it's um, watch a ball game, see a pre-draft agent, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Did you have a travel bug growing up, or why do you think you went the travel route? I really always liked it. I found a report that I wrote when I was probably like third grade that I said I wanted to work for the airline. So I guess I really... Did you travel a lot as a kid? We did travel a lot, mainly road trips, but... um, it was really, I really always have enjoyed travel, and I love experiencing new places, and um, it's fun. So walk me through, let's see, uh, pre-draft workouts get started kind of in, in May. What is the process? Do you get an email from Sonia, I believe it is, and she says, hey, these are the f- six guys that we need to get here, and you go to work. Is, is that kind of what transpires? Absolutely. I get all the information and where they're coming from, 
and we want to make sure that we have the hotel set up and transfer set up, whether we're doing a return trip for them. But they usually are primarily coming in in groups of six. So I kind of call this period the lather, rinse, repeat, yeah. because it's just day after day that we're bringing in Continuous people. cycles, yeah. Exactly. So then an average night could turn into something spectacular for you. And I mean, a bad spectacular in that there's maybe there's weather problems and maybe not just here in Indianapolis. It could be a guy coming from New York, let's say, and there's trouble getting out of uh, LaGuardia out there and you're having to adjust. You're probably at home doing whatever you want to do, watching a TV show. And then you get the phone call and everybody here knows you and probably has you listed travel Tambra in their cell phone. What do you do then to respond? Well, I guess the good part about the job is I can work anywhere. So, mm-hmm. and I do. So, it can be a bad thing. Too. Right. It can be a bad thing because you might think your night's all free and then all of a sudden weather happens or, you know, something happens. So, you just have to be, I just have to, you know, try to be available as much as I can. And we get to work. And if we need to get something done, there's other flights or whatever we have to do. Sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit of a, Fixer, (laughs) trying to fix, you know, trying to fix what has happened and make the best of it. So do you know if other teams or how many other teams, I would assume at this point, almost every team has someone like you on their staff. That's interesting, Scott. I don't really think that they do, but I, um, I think a lot of them use a local travel agent and they don't have an in-house travel person. I think that I've saved the company a lot of money because that I'm working for the company and I want to save the money whenever I can. So I have really an invested interest more. But I don't think there really are a lot of travel agents that actually are employed by the team. Just kind of outsource that to a local absolutely local group. Oh, that's interesting. What what you're doing now? As we're recording this, I see one of your giant screens, like a 24 inch monitor, with a program I don't understand. Maybe it's because I'm blind. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> to you, this is probably where all the magic happens. It's just F4. Okay, enter. Boom. What are you doing over there? What is this? And how often are you using this on a daily basis? All day, every day. The we use a computer system that's an airline system generated, or at least it used to be. And um, I've been on that system for such a long time that it is, I know it looks foreign to everybody else, right, but it yeah. looks it, it looks good to me. And I know all the We got blue and aqua colors and yeah. So that's where all the magic happens. Absolutely. Obviously, I use, you know, different travel sites here and there, but that's pretty much where I issue all the tickets and book most of the hotels. Do you try to, in, in this instance, and even continue on with your scouts and such, how do you base on how they fly and what airline? Do you have a preferred airline system? Do you go with the cheapest? Do a particular scout always want to fly Delta and another guy loves Southwest? How, how does that all work? I, I really think um, we usually get, I usually give options mm-hmm. to whoever is the traveler or, or to Sonia or whoever in the company that I'm working with. Money... Time, money is important, but time is important mm-hmm. even more so. If if we have somebody that a scout that's going to see a game that evening and he's been in another city the night before watching a game, we want to make sure foremost that he gets to that game. So we may need to pay a little bit more to get him on a nonstop because if he's not at the game, yeah, it, it negates can, everything. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole point of the. So trip, you really look at a lot of different components to make your decision. And I, I got to imagine you have all their numbers, frequent flyer numbers, GSA pre-check. Is that a, just a mega spreadsheet for you for each individual person? 
One thing that's nice about the computer system, there's profiles. So I have profiles that I can actually just move over into their reservation that'll put all their information in. So... So throughout the regular season, really, the, the primary role for you, I think, is the scouts and, and getting them where they need to be. It's about a department of 10 or so, and you might be flying someone overseas to Italy, as you recently did, or it may be out to Las Vegas for the summer league. Describe just that role and what you do on a, a year-round basis for the scouting department. I really feel for these guys that go out and do this scouting because they're on the road so many days each and every month during the season. Um, whether it's the pro or the, you know, college scouts. And it could be, you know, each and every day they're on the move for like, you know, 20 out of 30 days. So I try to take my role so that I can make that travel. Like I said earlier, just try to make it as seamless as possible because I want them to be able to do their job. So I want to make sure that I'm setting up everything up correctly and, and getting them where they need to go. Yeah. So it's a, so they can do their job. Yeah, and for them, there's so many factors that go into it. You're right. Like you mentioned, there may be a specific game or a specific player's practice, uh, meeting with a coach or an agent. In addition, maybe trying to squeeze in two or three of those in a day. I know a couple of them I've talked to mentioned all the time, yeah, they're probably on the road 220-some days. It's crazy. A year. It's crazy. And so if you could make that just a little bit easier, I'm sure, number one, they can feel it. But number two, it just they can just do their job more effectively and – with more rest. Absolutely. Then you just try to figure out the best thing that you can do. Uh, you know, we've had people that had to rent a, we've had to rent a car and drive them to another airport or drive them to that location or, or what have you just to make it happen so they can get to their game. But everybody thinks like the scout job sounds like such a great job. You just, all you do is watch games. Well, they, they do a lot more than that. And um, so. Being in this job as it is just at Pacers where you're, you know, the hours, you don't even pay attention to them. You just got to get your work done almost, I feel like. But being a scout on the road, that would just be exhausting. You're, you're living in a hotel more than you're with your family, then you're at home, and you more than anyone know about that because you probably have their schedules just tracking them all the time. Absolutely. I get the phone call from Southwest or American that says, unfortunately, this flight has been canceled, and you have to figure out what to do. From there, what are you doing? Are you making a phone call? Or are you going back into your system? I what jump on the computer first thing, and then okay. depending on who's the traveler, you know, it may be with Sonia or it may be with mm-hmm. somebody else because I do everybody and, you know, I do all the travel for everybody in the company. So I figure out who it is and then what's the best plan of action. Throughout the whole booking process, do you know individuals' preferences? Like a Kevin Pritchard likes this airline or Ryan Carr likes this hotel in Chicago, a place they might visit dozens of times throughout the year, and then factor that into what you can do in your planning. Usually I get a travel form that gives me a lot of the information that I need and kind of the basic time and and the parameters of which they want to travel. But we all have preferences. There there are preferences, and you try to accommodate the best you can. Now, right now is a really busy time for you, although it's wrapping up hopefully a little bit. Uh, you have the pre-draft workouts. In addition to the scouting, like I said, your primary role. But people wouldn't know this also. You, you handle the fever travel, and that's very different than the Pacers where it's flying charter. They have buses that they handle and I think Susie Fisher primarily handles all of that but for fever they're traveling commercial just like any of us and traveling a big party like that can be such a challenge what is that like for you and how far ahead might you book an August game well Scott the whole season has been ticketed okay so we work with the airlines the group departments to get the 
uh, tickets issued for everybody. So they're all issued. The challenge is trying to get good seats for everybody because they try to throw mm-hmm. everybody in a row to row to row and you've got somebody like Tamika Catchings in a middle seat. Well, I don't ever want to do that. So I work really hard on getting better seat assignments. So that's usually a challenge. And when there are flight delays, it's a huge issue because we're not getting one person to point A to point B. We're trying to get up to 18 people from point A to point B. And I've had probably my biggest nightmares of working here have been with fever travel only because of huge cancellations. Probably the first one that comes to mind is when they had won the championship the year before, and we were going on an evening flight to get the team to Washington, D.C. to meet the president the next day. The flight was canceled. So we had to get 18 people there. There was nothing that a few people got on that night later on, but it was just like one and two here and there to get everybody to D.C. This was an important, huge event. You can say, hey, let's push one more day. No, no, no. You have to be there by whatever it was, 9 a.m. and get it done. So it was was very important. I think one girl in the media ended up driving, Mm -hmm. getting in a rental car that I rented for at like 10 o'clock at night and driving just so that she could be there. So... That was a big challenge, and we had one time that they last season where they had to cancel a game, the Hartford game. They were just going from D.C. to oh, Hartford, that. and that flight was delayed, and it was canceled. I've got the whole team rebooked on another flight. We're good. We're golden. And about the second it was finished, that flight got so delayed that there was just no way. So it ended up... They had to cancel that game, and then they had another trip, so I had to oh, look, make sure all their other tickets were uh, scheduled to that next place. And it just so happened to be the first day that I had my grandson for an overnight visit while my daughter and son-in-law were involved. And thank goodness for my neighbors, because I was just running him to different places because I had to deal with this fever mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, I remember that trip incredibly well, because Kevin Messenger was tweeting the entire way, and it was, it was something ridiculous. Like, it, they tried four flights and over a 24-hour period. I don't even remember. but It, it was like an eight-hour Saturday just trying to get this figured out. It was a trip from out. hell, as all of them put, yes. <laughs> put it, that they did not want to deal with. And finally, they were like, let's just go home. We'll figure this out another time. Right. They had to go back to the hotel. And fortunately, in Washington, D.C., it was still available because they'd all checked out and ready to go on to the next destination. So, yes. and, and another travel issue that comes up when you talk about the fever and, again, flying commercials, going to Connecticut. There's several different routes you can take. None of them are great. Some have more issues than others. Like, I think it was decided kind of to fly into New York, I want to say, and then drive down to Connecticut. If I Boston, probably. Boston, and then drive down to Connecticut. But there's several different routes, and I'm sure for you, you're also considering time spent in the air and delays and cost. All those factors go into it. Right. <laughs> I work with Kelly Kroskoff a lot. I give her the options for the flights for the season, and we talk through it and then determine you know the best option. But... Yeah, Hartford's not my favorite Mm-mm. place to go with there's the no, fever. <laughs> there's no great flights out of there, and, and then there's no direct flights, mm-hmm. obviously. How much longer do you expect to continue to do this, or would you like to venture into something else? I'm not for sure. I really like, I as much as I work, I still love the job, and I get a charge, you know, charge out of it, and I'm I'm really happy here. I love the people that I work with, and it's just such a great team, and it's 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 a good place to work. So I'm 
I would say five to seven more years. I'm getting older, so I I don't know. But I I still. It's those late nights. I'm guessing that when you're not. Sometimes it does get it does that's get those old. Times where it's just kind of rough on you, and you want to hang out with your grandson. And I also wonder, being a person that continuously books travel, how much do you get to travel? You get I, much time to do that at all? I travel quite a bit. I, okay. I'm I'm taking three or four trips this year, so Good. I like to try to get away. I still like to travel. I haven't taken very many long vacations. It's a little bit seems like it's long I've weekends. Turned more long weekends or four or five days at a mm-hmm. trying to find that that week that it's not busy in the office is kind of. There's a lot of times you just can't. You just know you can't travel because you know it'll be a busy time. Is there anything new or new innovations that you're expecting or would like to see um, when it comes to managing travel or handling situations like these? This industry, especially the airline industry, is always changing and evolving. And I've been it for 25 plus years and I'm still learning. Sometimes the airlines are frustrating because they, you know, they'll do different rules and they'll change their programs and... I think it's constantly, it's not a stale job. It's always trying to keep up with what all the, the changes that they're making. And same way with the, you know, the car mm-hmm. rental business, that's changing, and the hotel industry. Uh, that's probably one of the things that I really love about my job is the relationships with the hotel, local hotels especially, that I form these relationships because we do use a lot of rooms in town. And the city's done a great job, and there's many, many times that there's not a room in the city and you, you're I'm begging I'm a beggar <laughs> I beg to find one and so when you find one you have and you, to. right exactly when Pacers trade for Ty Lawson you got to put him up in a hotel for whatever it is 20 30 days whatever is required by that CBA and so making a call over to a local hotel and, and making sure you get him a room appropriate for what he needs I really value the, those relationships so I really I like that part of the job. And I'm sure it comes in handy, as you said, when in tough situations. It has. <laughs> when, you, when you're not only giving them plenty of business, but you had that long-term relationship and there's an issue. Hey, I can't take care of you, but my other guy that's a general manager nearby, he has a hotel room you can use. Absolutely. Kind of so it, it does help. I like that part. Biggest issue with, with a job like yours that we haven't hit on or anything other than maybe delays and factors coming into the job that you don't have any control over? Well, my family calls me a control freak. So when I don't have control of the weather, and that, which obviously I don't, and delays and that kind of thing, I think that's probably the biggest frustration. And when you have to you know, stop what you're doing, whatever it is, because there is a situation. Well, Tamara, I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. I, I find this stuff interesting. It's one of the many reasons I started the podcast is kind of the story behind the team, the, the people that go into making things happen. And you're certainly one of those big individuals that does that, whether it's the fever, the Pacers scouting staff, and most recently that we hit on the pre-draft workout guys that you're consistently bringing in and out and making sure they're here by whatever it is, 9 a.m. when that workout started for all the scouts and Larry and Kevin to observe. Well, thank you so much. I hope everybody enjoyed it. (laughs) Thanks again to Tambra for her willingness to participate and join the podcast and also for taking the time then to do so. My shout out for this week goes to Miles Turner, Joe Young, and Rakeem Christmas. In just a few short days, they will no longer be rookies. And those guys did a great job this past year in growing and getting better at their craft. Rakeem Christmas did it up in Fort Wayne with the Mad Ants. Joe Young did some there, but primarily just kind of immersed himself in the locker room and learned from others. And when he was on the court, he took advantage of it. And Miles Turner, not satisfied 
with his rookie season. In fact, he said that he thought it should have went a little bit better. Never satisfied. You have to like that attitude from the young 20-year-old who just wrapped up his first season in the NBA. But these guys have made an impact uh, in several different ways on the court, off the court, in the community. And after this week, they are no longer rookies. So shout out to them for rookie duties being over with. That's it for this week's episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll talk to you again soon.